welcome to the Seeds Church Podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and on our Apple and Spotify podcasts. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message from our Sunday service. The Bible reading today comes from Luke 18 and verses 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, last week I spoke about how we are to engage in a longer-term way with the wider community and also who we would engage with in the community that surrounds both Aberfoyle Park and Corralda Park. Today, as you would have heard in the Bible reading, I'm talking about persistence in another way, and that's persisting particularly in the form of prayer. So the opening to this Luke story describes the purpose of the parable. Then he told them about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. Now, often the Apostle Paul wrote about these things because he had a pretty torrid sort of life and he had to persist in prayer in all kinds of circumstances. One of those he records in Philippians 3 and verses 13 to 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call to God in Jesus Christ. He was persisting for the sake of eternity, and he was sure of that. Now, the context of Luke's parable was a very difficult time for the people of Israel. They had many of these. This passage would have been written, say, about 50 years after the crucifixion uh, and then uh, ascension of Jesus and probably about 10 years after Jerusalem itself had been conquered. So the early Christian community would have been challenged by these longer periods of time. Uh, and, and also, it was, a, it was just a difficult time for them early in the church, and many of them were expecting that Jesus was going to return quite quickly, and that hadn't happened. Now, Jewish believers had had a long history of praying, and history of praying in difficult times, like the exile. So they were used to doing that, but the new Gentile Christian churches did not have such a long history of prayer. So perhaps Luke, in these verses, is answering a question that has been raised about persistence in the early Christian community. And possibly some were saying, is God any better than an unjust judge? We pray and pray, but we don't see the results we want to. You know, some Christians were beginning to renounce their faith. And in one way, it's not surprising because 
there was a lot of persecution of Christians at this time in their history. Now, that this parable can be interpreted in a number of ways, and I've chosen really just to interpret one way, and that is this, that the parable affirms an attitude where people are commended for trusting in God in such a way that it motivates them to keep on praying. Interestingly, in my Bible, the passage is called the parable of the persistent widow. Now, on one side of this story, we have a judge who has no regard for God and also no regard for people. He doesn't even seem to have a concern for justice, which is one of the reasons that he's there. And he just he just wants the widow to go away and stop pestering him. And then on the other side, we do have this widow, and she is the epitome of vulnerability. There is no one to advocate for her, no husband, and it seems no adult sons. She goes defenceless, and she could be described as someone who has the least possibility of making a claim in that society. It's also possible that the adversary that the passage speaks of is actually a friend of the judge. So it's a very uneven contest. Now, in the ancient world, if someone had wronged you, what you would do is you bring a charge against them. Now, you wouldn't go to the police, the police do the investigation and the police do the prosecution. No, you'd, you'd, you'd bring your information before a judge and ask for a ruling. And in each case, the judge would decide to vindicate one party or the other. And by vindication, that would mean the judge finds in your favour. Now, the only thing that works for the widow is persistence. The judge doesn't change uh, until finally he gives her justice so that she doesn't come and attack him. He only changes when he's threatened and hounded. In fact, it's interesting that the Greek word that is used for wearing the judge out is is actually a, a hint of violence. It could be translated, I will not act unless she comes and gives me a black eye. Other translations actually say, you know, I won't do anything unless she comes and gives me a slap in the face. It's, it's actually kind of boxing imagery that's talked about here. Now, this parable is not saying that God is demanding and has to be worn down, but as I repeat again, it affirms an attitude of persisting in prayer. In the same way, the parable urges us to be persistent in prayer no matter what is happening in our lives. Indeed, it's really arguing that the church persists until the return of Christ. Now, the parable says that the judge will grant the widow justice, but as we know, the fight for justice is a very long one. You know, if you think of the fight to, to end slavery or to end racism, which continues, the fight to deal compassionately with refugees still continues. The fight to help Indigenous peoples to a place of security and confidence is still a long way off. So often with injustice, those in power don't actually change the way they're thinking. What tends to happen is, is there's some momentum built and a greater number of people pressure them, and they might even begin to feel embarrassed. They are pestered, and then often they will act, even though underneath they don't agree with what they have to do. It's almost like there's a threat of a black eye that forces them to change what they're doing. Now, maybe God actually understands the nature of of injustice and making deep-seated changes, and so he's urging people, 
to keep striving and to keep their eyes fixed on the hope that is to come. Now, persistence brings results. We know this in many areas of life. And one I was reading about the other day involved a man called Anders Ericsson and his colleagues at the Berlin Elite Academy of Music. And they decided to make a study of musicians. And so they brought in researchers to help with the research process to make sure it was valid research. And what they did was look at violinists. And there were three categories. So there were world-class violinists. Uh, There were, you know, really good violinists. And then those who were unlikely to ever play professionally. Now, when they looked at this group, they found all of them started to play at about the same age. Uh, and they practiced at about the same way until they were eight years old. But after that, their habits diverged. And so by the age of 20, those who were unlikely to play professionally logged about 4,000 hours of practice. That's a lot of practice. The good violinists logged about 8,000 hours of practice. And those, those, those who were really professional and top rate logged about 10,000 hours of practice. Now, I'm sure there were perhaps some differences in the innate ability of those violinists, but it was persistence in practice that, for the elite violinists that made all the difference. And in the same way, the persistence of the widow achieved justice in the end. And as Christians persisting and waiting for justice, you know, this is not a passive thing that we're doing. It's actually an active thing where we engage with the living God and we have hope because of God's presence in what is happening. Now, in his book, The Circle Maker, Mark Batterson tells the story of John and Heidi. And just as an aside, if you're you're interested in prayer, this is a marvellous book to read. Mark Batterson, The Circle Maker. But John and Heidi... Now, they are extraordinary intercessors. And though uh, they've had amazing answers to prayers in all sorts of ways, uh, including really big prayers, in their own lives, there hasn't been the same sorts of answers. And and their life has been pretty tough. They lost uh, most of their life savings in a failed business venture. They had to move out of their house because of a fire. Three out of four of their parents died in four years and a rare genetic condition in their family has taken a huge toll physically, emotionally and financially. And that, that simply they've been tempted to stop praying. But they've been sustained by one verse in scripture in particular. And this is Matthew eleven six, And it simply says, Blessed is anyone who's not been offended by me. And they've chosen not to be offended and they continue to seek to live in God's blessing. Now, the context of that verse is actually John the Baptist. The Baptist is in prison and he sends some disciples to Jesus asking whether he is the one or should John expect another one. And Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who's not offended by me. Now John came uh, to tell people about Jesus, so he has a very particular mission. He's also Jesus' cousin, but he's in prison and he's about to be executed. 
And Jesus said, Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Now John and Heidi's approach is to try and live their lives unoffended by God. So I think today's passage is urging us, keep praying, and even if things don't seem to work out like we would like them in the mysteries of God, to not be offended, to keep praying, to keep asking, to keep hoping that God will work things out in the very best way that God does. Keep praying. And let me pray with you now. Well, loving God, grant us hearts to know you, to love you. Give us eyes to see the injustices of our world and a gift of faith that has has us persistently asking for change in our world. Give us the courage to also live out the justice that you call us to in the name of Jesus. Give us perceptive eyes too, Lord. May we always see when we are acting like the heartless judge. Fill our hearts with compassion so that justice and compassion will be seen in all that we do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Well, as you go today, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be always present to you in everything that you do. Goodbye. Well, thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. We hope you join in with us next week. For more information, you can visit our website at seedschurch.org.